Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Iceberg Recap, your home for Pittsburgh Penguins game recaps and analysis. You can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcast from. The Pittsburgh Penguins 2, Anaheim Ducks 0. The third shutout for the Pittsburgh Penguins on the young season here in 2023-24. Tristan Jari makes 21 saves throughout the first two periods before exiting the game with an injury, which we'll get to in a little bit. Magnus Helberg comes in relief in the last couple of minutes in the second period, makes 11 saves throughout that and the third period to shut down the Anaheim Ducks, the team that came into this game red hot. They were winners of six straight, the longest active winning streak in the NHL. They had come off of a victory over the Vegas Golden Knights, the first team to be able to say that, at least in regulation. They beat them 4-2 to on Sunday, and the Penguins absolutely shut them down. A great job, not just by the goaltenders and Jari and Magnus Helberg, but a good job with the team defense tonight. I think that is exactly what you saw Kyle Dubas putting together all summer long when it came to, hey, if the bottom six isn't going to score, which they did in this game, we're going to at least make sure they can play good team defense. They did so in this game in that aspect. The Penguins' top line played pretty good team defense. The Penguins' defense played pretty good defense. How about that one for a change? I mean, Chris Letang looked good. Eric Carlson made a couple of really good defensive plays. I thought the third pairing as it went back to Chad Ruedel and, and Ryan Shea in this game. I thought they had a pretty good game as well. All in all, one of the better victories of the Pittsburgh Penguins' season so far as they climb Back to 5-6 and six now, getting close to, to getting even here with another date with the uh, Los Angeles Kings coming up on Thursday. Another difficult game for the Pittsburgh Penguins on the schedule. But let's get to the goal recap from this one. Uh, not going to take very long today. The shortest one I think I've done all season long. Penguins open up the scoring in the first period. Redeem Zahorna continues his just tear through the NHL to start this season. He gets his third goal of the year. Assist goes to Lars Eller, who started that play coming into the zone, taking it to the net and letting Redeem Zahorna do the rest. And then Eric Carlson picks up his seventh assist on the season. No scoring after that for the remainder of the first period. No scoring for the remainder of the second period. And in the third period, the Penguins technically scored two empty net goals, but Jake Gensel offsides on the first one. Sidney Crosby makes sure that nobody is offsides by shooting the puck backhanded from center ice, just dropping it in a bucket and putting it in the net. That's his sixth goal of the season as he grabs the empty netter. Jake Gensel, for his troubles, does get this primary assist on that. His 10th assist, first double digits in assist on the team, and Chris Letang picks up his sixth on the Penguins' empty net goal, and that's where it stood at the end of the game, 2 to nothing. Pittsburgh Penguins, a good victory for the boys in black and gold as they go 2-0 so far on their three-game California road trip. Obviously, we talked at nauseum about the 10-2 victory over the Sharks and how they need to go out and they need to beat a good team to build the momentum from that 10-2 victory. Well, it's exactly what they were able to do on Tuesday night in Anaheim. A good team in the Anaheim Ducks that have beaten other good teams. It's not like the Anaheim Ducks had a six-game win streak and they hadn't beaten anybody. They had been playing everybody pretty tough, and the Penguins were able to go in there, play what a lot of people would explain as and what I would look at as a perfect road game. Low event hockey. You made sure the home crowd didn't get into it too much. You didn't give up very many grade-A scoring chances. You played within yourself, and you played smart hockey. And as Mike Sullivan likes to say, 
You played responsible hockey. That's Sullivan's favorite brand, and that's exactly what the Pittsburgh Penguins showed on Tuesday night in Anaheim, a 2-0 victory. Let's move over to the three stars of the game for this one. Third star picked up one assist in this. It's Lars Zeller. Uh, not a lot of people are going to mention Lars Zeller after that game. He did get a primary assist, but that's not really the reason that I'm giving him a star for this game. I think that game on Tuesday was the example from which Lars Eller performances need to be judged going forward. That's exactly what the Penguins needed him to do when they brought him in on a contract this summer is be a third-line center that is defensively responsible, win the face-off opportunities you get, kill the penalties that you're you're tasked with killing, and create a couple of opportunities in the offensive zone and trust that your wingers are going to put away those opportunities. He did that in the first period, came down the slot on the right side, took a shot on the net, and then dished it off when it didn't work to redeem Zahorna, who was able to bank it past John Gibson in that one. And the same thing happened in the second period. There was another great opportunity, a great scramble in front of the net that was all started by Lars Zeller taking the space in front of him, getting as close to the net as he could, and then just firing a shot on net and making sure that the shot was in an area that would create a rebound. That's exactly what you want to see from Lars Eller. He's not a guy that's going to score off the rush a lot. He's not a guy that's going to score a one-on-two goal because he can just deke it through anybody's legs. He's a guy that's going to take what you give him on the defensive side. And he's going to try to create with what he has. He's not going to score 50 points. He's not going to score 45 points. He's probably not going to score 15 goals in this in this season. But what he's going to do is make the smart play defensively, make the smart play offensively, and do a good job of playing within himself and setting the tone for the rest of the third line. I thought he did a great job of that on Tuesday night, and that's why I'm trying to give him a little bit of recognition because a lot of the stuff that he does goes under the radar and goes unnoticed. He struggled to start the season, but he's starting to find his own, and that entire third line is starting to find their own as well. They were the only line, I said it on the podcast on Tuesday, there were four players that did not score a point in San Jose. Three of them were the three forwards from the third line. Two of them get a point in this one. Drew O'Connor does not get the assist. Eric Carlson nabs that one on the first goal, but I thought the third line in general played a very good game in this one. Was probably the most noticeable forward line for the Pittsburgh Penguins outside of just Evgeny Malkin going berserk on his own. Uh, But I thought the third line had a good performance and Lars Eller set the tone there. Second star of the game, somebody else who had a a solid game that I think a lot of people are going to overlook. Some people might not overlook it because I've mentioned this guy's name time in and time out, game recap in, game recap out, iceberg to go in, iceberg to go out, tip of the ice, all of it. I've mentioned how good this guy has been this season, and it's not in the traditional sense of what you would expect from a guy like Chris Letang. He continues to quietly put together one of his best starts to a season that I have seen in the past five, six, seven seasons for Chris Letang. It's not just the offense, which I talked about it a couple of days ago, that the offensive numbers, they aren't where they you expect them to be. He did get his goal on Saturday in San Jose. He did pick up an assist today. He has eight points now in the first 11 games, which, hey... You're going to take if you're the Pittsburgh Penguins. So what if they're not all goals? He's picking up assists, he's picking up points, and he's picking up some really solid defensive efforts. You look at this one, 65% of the shot attempts at 5-on-5 for Chris Letang, 79% of the expected goals, 75% of the scoring chances. If he does this game in and game out, again, on the road against a difficult opponent, not to mention the fact that he led the Penguins in ice time by a mile. Yes, Eric Carlson had a good bit of ice time. Yes, Eric Carlson played a little bit more on the power play than than Chris Letang did, but Chris Letang at 5-on-5, 
22 minutes and 30 seconds. Far and away, the team leader at 5-on-5 ice time, and then you tack on 2 minutes and 34 seconds of penalty kill time as the Penguins shut down that Anaheim Ducks power play. And in that time, at least at 5-on-5, 22 and a half minutes, Chris Letang gave up zero high-danger chances. Part of that also needs to go to the fact that the Penguins are playing team defense. Good job by the forwards getting back. Good job clogging up the lanes, making sure the next guy in, the third guy in, was always the most dangerous in hockey, was never getting that open shot. A good job by the forwards. A good job by Ryan Graves, who I thought had a pretty good game. But again, similar to Lars Eller, Chris Letang sets the tone when he's out there. He is the general when he's on the ice. And so far, he's been really good in that role this season. He was great on the puck. Strong on the puck, and anytime the Anaheim Ducks had a chance for a rush opportunity while Latang was on the ice, he shut that down immediately. A great performance from number 58 for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Number one star is going to be a shared number one star. You got to give it to the goaltenders. You have to give them some love because when they don't perform well, they're the first person to catch the ire of the fan base, the first person to catch the ire of me sitting here on this podcast and, and of the media covering the team, but you got to give them their, their flowers when they're due. Tristan Jari, Magnus Helberg shut down a very solid team that is riding a high in the Anaheim Ducks. Jari looked very good from the jump in this one. If he wasn't on his game, the Penguins probably leave that first period with a deficit instead of a one to nothing lead. So you got to give him his credit. He hasn't been great all season long. He's been inconsistent, but the one thing you can count on is when he's looked good, he's looked great. When he's looked bad, he's looked terrible. If you could find that middle ground and at least find a little consistency more so with the good and the great, that's what the Pittsburgh Penguins need, obviously. But tonight, or excuse me, last night, he looked really good. You know, you hope that he is okay after taking presumably a puck to the face. I don't know how many times I watched that replay. I don't see what hit him in the face. Yes, Adam Henrique runs into him. A little bit of head contact there, but he was bleeding, so you would imagine it's something a little bit more blunt force and less when he, uh, Henrique ran into him, his mask burst his, his, his uh, eye open. I'm not sure, but you just hope that he's okay. Wasn't able to return to the game. Hopefully that's on a precautionary reason, not because the Penguins are already down Alex Nedeljkovic. Magnus Helberg did a great job in relief. 11 saves on 11 shots. I thought he looked sturdy. As sturdy as we've seen a third goaltender look for the Pittsburgh Penguins in a long time. Louis Domingue was a little bit of a circus whenever he was in net. You look at what Maxime Lagasse was. He wasn't as solid as Magnus Helberg. And it might just be because, I mean, he's a Viking. He's huge. He's absolutely massive. So he doesn't have to do a whole lot in the net to take up space. Maybe that's what's reassuring about him, but he had a good performance in this one. He gets the shared shutout, and that is the first time, according to PittsburghHockey.net, it is the first time since 2013 that the Pittsburgh Penguins have had a combined shutout. That was Marc-Andre Fleury and Tomas Vokun combining for the shutout. That is the fifth time it's happened in history, and before 2013, the time before that was 2011, and we all know exactly what that is. Marc-Andre Fleury coming in relief for Brent Johnson, who absolutely rung the bell of Rick DiPietro in a fight with about 50 seconds to go, Pens versus Zyles. That is uh, one of the preeminent memories uh, of watching Pittsburgh Penguins hockey of mine in that era. But final thoughts in this one. Sidney Crosby has had a lot of equipment issues this season. Not sure what's up with that. Tags needs to figure it out because the Pittsburgh Penguins... I'm sure it's very frustrating for, for Crosby, somebody who is very particular about his equipment, but you can't have him missing two, three, four shifts in a game because you continuously try to figure out a skate issue. 
And it's not the first time that it's happened this season. There have been at least one or two other instances where Sidney Crosby's gone down the tunnel. Everybody in the fan base collectively holds their breath because somebody reports on it, says, hey, Crosby down the tunnel for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And then it's always an equipment issue. Well, we got to figure this out, guys. 11 games into the season shouldn't continue to have the same equipment issues. And there was a story that I heard that a couple of weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago, after practice, media's waiting to talk to Sidney Crosby. Nobody wants to interrupt him because he's talking to tags, figuring something out about his skate. Maybe he's trying something new, which is, is different for Crosby with his equipment, but you got to get that figured out. But something outside of the equipment issue feels off about Crosby's game in general. And that's the weird thing, because on the surface, you watch him play and you're saying, okay, it's a little different this year. You know, he's not as strong on the puck. I've, I've noticed he gets bumped off the puck a little bit easier than he has in the past. He's not as, as quick with it as he, as he has been. His chemistry with Gensel and Rust is still there. It's evident, but there's some missed passes that are uncharacteristic of his game. Part of that might just be, hey, it's early in the season. Not everything's going to work. You know, like a well-oiled machine every single game. I get that. Yesterday, it felt a little bit more off than in most games. But here's the thing. He does have 12 points in 11 games this season. He's currently rocking a six-game point streak. And he's only been held off the score sheet once. And that was at St. Louis. So even with Crosby seemingly having something off about his game, he's still dominant. Not dominant. But he's still very good. 80% of Sidney Crosby is still one of the top 10, top 5 centers in this league. Certainly the top center on the Pittsburgh Penguins. But you want to see him start to be dominant. I mentioned that word. He hasn't been dominant this season yet. And that's something that I might just be yearning to see. And that's something that might go into, hey, he's had some equipment issues. He just has taken a little bit longer to get his feet underneath him. I mean, the guy is 36 years old. But he's still over a point per game. So on the surface... Seems like something's off, but when you look a little deeper, I mean, he's still producing. So at the end of the day, as long as it doesn't cascade into an issue, and as long as the production keeps up, I guess it's not going to be an issue. But just something to keep an eye on, something to monitor as time goes on here. Up next for the Pittsburgh Penguins, they take their season-high two-game win streak into the crypt. The Crypto.com Arena on Thursday night at 10.30. Penguins take on the LA Kings, trying to exercise some slight demons in that building as the Penguins have not beaten the Kings on the road since 2018. Will they be able to reverse that curse, get their third straight win, and come back to Pittsburgh riding high with a 6-6 six and six record? That much remains to be seen, but... It should be a good game. The Kings have been really good this season, and the Penguins are starting to pick up steam. Obviously going to have to keep an eye out for what happens with Tristan Jari, because likely that he becomes the starter if he is good to go. If not, we'll get to see Magnus Helberg not in relief for the first time this season. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Remember, you can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcasts from. <laughs>